Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest Outsports podcast. Uh, Jim Bazinski with Sid Ziegler in Los Angeles. Um, where it has finally cooled down a bit after a brutal, pretty much last week of a heat wave in Los Angeles. And people who aren't from here don't realize September is historically the warmest month every year in Los Angeles. We had a record, uh, I think in 2010, said it hit 115 officially downtown, but the official thermometer broke, and so they think it may have actually gone higher that day. But it was pretty nasty the last few days. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite warm, and uh, also a little bit humid at night, which we're not used to. That's I'm afraid it's been a little humid, a little humid this summer. I'm getting afraid that the climate change is making making it more humid here, which would oh, really well that suck. yeah. It, it, normally, the, one of the great saving graces, even though the day is hot, the night gets cool because it's a desert and it's dry. But boy, the couple of days it was just it was oppressive. But people you probably don't want to hear us bitching about it when we're in when we're here in February saying how it's 80 degrees and we're putting on sunscreen so exactly. it's it unusual though everyone else is sort of getting ready for fall and we're hitting uh, pretty much our summer every year but uh, we got a lot to talk about today um, NFL stuff again uh, want to first talk about something I jokingly told you before that John Stewart stole my bit yesterday on the Daily Show I, <laughs> I had written got almost two weeks ago that after the Ray Rice stuff broke that it'd be a perfect time for another gay player to come out in the NFL because the NFL would welcome the distraction because it would be probably a feel-good story and then jokingly said that if they did they would throw him a ticket tape parade and put him on the cover of Madden 16 and John Stewart's bit yesterday about the whole Ray Rice thing and Adrian Peterson and there's been a few others the punchline was um it would be perfect for a gay player to come out, and this would be Madden's cover of 2016, and it was uh, Michael kissing his boyfriend from the draft. So it was a. Uh, I wouldn't nice be surprised at all if, had... if 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 they snatched that from you. I mean, uh, I mean where I, else I, would they get that from? I mean, it's a unique idea. It was a great column by you. We're we're widely read on these issues, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if one of the one of his writers just kind of stumbled across that and said, "Hmm, that's a good idea." <laughs> Well, they did it well, and it was, it was a pretty funny punchline. And uh, it is funny. We've talked about this for the last nine months since Michael came out, is that how ironic that all this bullshit about distractions with a gay player is simply not true, but this other stuff that's going on really is a distraction. I mean, now you had Jonathan Dwyer, the Arizona Cardinals, accused of headbutting his wife, and he's been deactivated. Mike Adrian Peterson apparently is done with the Vikings probably forever, and – I mean, this, these stories continue to have legs, and everyone was worried about, oh, my God, a gay player. Yeah, but the, what kills me is that all this talk of distraction, none of this stuff is even distraction. It doesn't translate into on-the-field problems. If you look at what the Baltimore Ravens did, I mean, they should have gotten – they should have at least gotten beaten by the Pittsburgh Steelers with all the distraction last week. Instead, they went out on a short week at home – with all the distraction around Ray Rice, and they crushed the Steelers. So it just doesn't translate. I mean, the, the the Vikings ended up losing the Patriots pretty badly, but 
that was because they lost their best player, not because they were distracted. Yeah, well, I think the distractions tend to be on an institutional level. I mean, you have sponsors now making noises. Um, you know, Nike dropped uh, Adrian Peterson. So I think the distractions are more on the what might be called the meta level of everyone talking about the NFL. They're talking more about this than the games. But the games themselves, yeah, the, the Ravens were not distracted. And I think players have this amazing ability to compartmentalize, you know, and we've done it at a much different level, even playing flag football. When you're with your team, if someone quits your team or is off your team, you kind of forget about them at a certain point. You know, you have yeah. you play with the guys that did it, and I think the Ravens did that last week. Uh, the Vikings had a tougher time because Peterson is so good, and they're going to probably struggle, but I doubt that Jonathan Dwyer will be missed, uh, won't be missed one iota by um, – the Cardinals and Greg Hardy, who was probably the same uh, situation as Peterson now, didn't play for the Panthers, and that didn't stop them from shutting down the Lions. So players tend to adjust, but it is kind of funny. The next time a gay player comes out, if anyone even uses the word distraction, we can just smack them upside the head. Well, that's what we've been trying to do for a while. So, and Michael Sam is there on the practice squad for the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, I, I see something every few days on him from the Dallas Morning News, but Nobody's talking about Michael Sam yeah, I'm right actually, now. We're going to be posting an update after we get off, and it was simply he's fitting in well. And um, the best quotes of a morning news story was uh, lineman Jeremy Mincy, who was on a practice squad with the Patriots in 2006, never played it down. Next year got hooked up with Jacksonville and has been in the league ever since, uh, played with the Broncos in the Super Bowl last year. So Michael's doing, by his position coach, he's doing a good job. Um, you know, working hard, they they see some things they like. The Cowboys' defense has 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 yet to be a disaster, as people thought. Um, but injuries happen, so you know Michael's doing what he has to be doing, and we'll keep track of that. But um, it's kind of funny how that story seems like such quaint old news when you compare it to domestic abuse and child abuse and you know everything else. Yeah, well. If you want to call in and talk about any of this stuff, we're at 347-945-7834. Hey, can you mention something you wrote about uh, someone we had liked, RG3, um, about the shirt he wore um, in a game and how to turn it around once you fill people in on what's going on there and how it relates well, to gay he, people? Well, I, you know, I don't – out sports, we, our thing is it has to be sports-related for us to post it, right? It's not always – LGBT related necessarily, so I, mm-hmm. you know, I think that religion is is on a lot is on the minds of a lot of LGBT people, given how much the church has attacked gay people over the years. But I don't, I'm not sure this is necessarily a, a, a gay thing. But I saw that RG3 tried to wear a shirt at a post game press conference that said "No Jesus, No Peace," and when you look at the shirt in white letters, it says. No Jesus, no peace. As though if you don't have Jesus in your life, you have no no peace in your life. And then there are black letters that also make the nose K N O W. If you know Jesus, you will know peace. Something a little more positive. And and I took exception to this idea of him trying to tell me that if I don't believe in Jesus, then I have no peace in my life. And Yahoo Sports picked it up. And, of course, a bunch of Christian people came after me and via email and in the comments and on Twitter. First of all, dumbass here mistyped something. <laughs> so, what did you mistype? So, well, so I, I wrote, 
K and O W Jesus K. It was supposed to be no Jesus, no peace, both K and O W. I put K and O W first and N O second. So it said, if you know Jesus, you will have no peace. Uh-huh. So essentially, so of course they attacked me for that for not having reading comprehension, and it was just a stupid. We don't have a cop, copy editors, and we do the best we can at Outsports, but it, it just was a dumb mistake. But then they came after me saying, you know, how how can you possibly say that he was saying this and blah, 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 and Jesus is, is, is the way to eternity and all this stuff. So anyhow, they've been, they've been coming after me for the last few days, which has been entertaining, uh, to say the least. But but I think the gay part is you'll you'll have all the I saw some stuff on Twitter separate well kind of right when you post your thing oh, about right. oh you know we welcome a gay player in the NFL but a you know but a guy who loves Jesus has to sort of be censored and yet the rule from the NFL is simply they don't allow these kind of advocacy shirts by anybody it's not a anti-Christian rule it's a league rule on you know they're so pickety about their picky about their sponsors that you can't wear anything that has some sort of message on it uh, at a league function which a press conference is. So that's what this was about. It wasn't somehow trying to silence his religious beliefs. But yet there are people online who, of course, take it that way. And, right. And so, right. So uh, somebody or a couple of people tweeted that, yeah, of course, the, N- the NFL um, embraces two guys kissing but bans a, a, a message about Jesus. You know, what's this world coming to? You know, this is the end of the world. This is where we're headed. Disgusting, horrible, all this stuff. But like you said, it's the NFL, well, I guess the NFL Network did broadcast Michael Sam kissing his boyfriend, which as well they should have. And, but that and, was a news event. That was, you know. It was a uh, news event, right. It, it wasn't against NFL policy. This sure. And then if Michael Sam wore a gay pride shirt, they'd Tell them to take it off. It's, it's the same thing. So you can't – the NFL can't sit there and, and just say, okay, well, well, for RG3, if he wants to praise Jesus, then we're going to, we're going to allow that despite our rules. But we, we find this all the time when we write these stories that people always like – same thing. Tim Tebow gets chastised for his religious beliefs that we celebrate at Gapers. And even when we're not, we're not bringing up religion, so often the religious people bring up religion as a way to show that there's somehow these victims, and which is kind of ironic given how the country is, what, 80% self-identified as Christian? <laughs> I mean, but – it happens all the time where these weird analogies are made and these, you know, comparisons. And again, I had no, I have no problem if you know. I mean, I don't, I don't love hearing, you know, I want to thank God and thank Jesus for helping me score these touchdowns today. Like that, just I just kind of roll my eyes when I hear that. But it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to write about how terrible that is. And if if the shirt just was a very positive, you know, K N O W Jesus K N O W peace, like. Okay, he's saying that, you know, he knows Jesus, so he knows peace. All right, fine. What bothered me was the negative part. If you don't know Jesus, if you have no Jesus, then you have no peace. That's what really, that's what really bugged me. And so, and that's what I was trying to say, but of course, they they don't want to hear that. By the way, if you want to call in, it's 347-945-7834. I do would love one time on a live, you know, post-game where... ESPN or NBC as some guy, and they, you know, he says, I'd like to thank my Lord, you know, my master, <laughs> the Dark Lord Satan or something, <laughs> like, uh, heads would explode. If, wait, what? 
if some guys that I want to thank my Lord and Master Satan for giving me the powers to <laughs> conquer or whatever. Absolutely. That would be pretty that would be pretty funny. Yeah, well well I know yeah, I know whose heads would explode. It's the same people talking about freedom of speech, right? So that's the other thing that I've been hearing a lot this week is that, you know, by saying I'm I'm glad the NFL didn't allow him to wear the shirt. I'm somehow opposing his right to freedom of speech. And it, it drives me crazy when people bring up freedom of speech because the First Amendment only protects your actions from the government. It doesn't protect you from other people saying you're a jerk or you're an idiot and I don't want to read what you have to say. It's, 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 they, they, it's as though they believe the First Amendment protects you from criticism. Well, that, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, that somehow you're allowed to say what you want to say, but if someone criticizes you, they're they're preventing you from having your freedom of speech. But you know, this this is a long-standing thing, uh, an issue, and I think it's always going to continue to be an issue for a while until hopefully one day there's enough gay people in sports that kind of people don't care anymore. Well, the more gay people there are, the more people are going to care. <laughs> I think uh, that, you know, as I mean, care in a way that like it becomes as big, you know, media, you know, everyone's talking about it and it'll be like, oh, another gay guy came out. That's fine. Um, yeah. So what else we've had? Uh, speaking of coming out, we've had uh, kind of some we have we're, we're getting these interesting stories from not exactly direct athletes sometimes, but, you know, from people involved in sports in other ways. And we've had uh, well, we had a. Uh, well, Tyler, a coach, a TV cameraman, and a guy who had been a fencer uh, at Auburn in a fraternity. And so we have kind of really disparate voices speaking now, and they're coming out in all all different manners. Well, I think that's what we want because people, you know, not everybody is a professional athlete. Not everybody is a college or high school athlete. Some 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 of the people who read out sports are their former athletes, their fans, and, and to be able to share the story of Katie Barnes, who's a – well, well, I say she's a former basketball coach, but she's really kind of just on hiatus while she's at grad school. She intends to to coach high school basketball again, but to have her talking about you know living this secret double life of being a gay basketball coach at a Catholic school at the same time on campus uh, at St. Olaf, being a huge like known LGBT activist, I, that, I think that's a such a fascinating. Story you got Scott Weiner, who's a a cameraman who's worked in the NFL and Major League Baseball and college football. He was the, he was one of the guys who got the got the shot of the Arkansas State punt that was a disaster <laughs> yeah, this past weekend. Where the guy fainted? What's that? Where the guy pretended to faint? <laughs> yeah, he he was the guy. Scott's the guy who was the cameraman who got the shot that, that I mean the main shot that's been kind of gone around on um, on social media. And then, and then you got Mason Bryles, who's a former fencer, who's uh, in Alpha Sigma Phi fraternity at Auburn in, in Alabama, who, ta- you know, quit fencing. Um, you know, it, he, he could have gone on defense in college, but he decided not to because he was just tired of hearing the homophobia in the sport. And so kind of quit, and, and now he's coming out in his fraternity, and, and the fraternity brothers have all been really warm and accepting of him. And we had one last week, uh, a guy who had been a baseball track coach and now works for the University of Memphis in their communications department. But he he wrote his sort of 
I wish I had come out sooner story. He had great regrets that he didn't come out uh, while he was coaching. Um, and But his inspiration was, in, was, was Greg DeStefan, who was a diver at the University of Missouri and whose story was retold when Michael came out because they're both Missouri athletes. And, you know, reading Greg's story again caused this other guy, Greg, at the University of Memphis to say, you know, it's about time I came out, even if it's too late uh, as uh, actively in athletics. But he wrote me and said just how much positive response he's gotten. And he kept writing, well, you can run my story if you want to. I know if you don't care. It's like he almost made it sound like it was worthless. And I said, wow, you really wrote a very well done story from the heart. And it reached people and people connected. So uh, it's kind of funny how sometimes people think that their stories don't matter, and yet every time we run them, they and if we have an email address, they get email from people saying, wow, I was in your shoes, you inspired me, thank you very much. And so it's that whole power of just coming out is still, it's there, it has the power. It does, because you never know who's going to connect with what story. And, and, you know, a high school track coach is going to connect with a high school track coach. And a guy in the fraternity in the South is going to connect with a guy in the fraternity in the South. And that's why it's so important for us to focus on really diverse voices, uh, you know. And, and that's why, you know, one of the reasons I was excited about Katie Barnes' story is we just we, we constantly struggle to find women who want to write about their stories and racial minorities who want to write about their stories. And it's, it's, it's not so easy for two, two gay white guys to track those stories down. So it was just awesome to, to get Katie's story. And again, it's just a, a different perspective from one we've heard before. Yeah, we ha- and we have an open invitation, and we post it online. And, you know, we tell your story. Let us know. And we have a few others in the hopper we can't say too much about. Um, but... It's just they're, they're powerful stories, and, and they always have an impact of some sort. And you never know who the one person reading it that will say, oh, this really moved me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, how, you know many, how many people we had this year? I mean, we've had – we did the list last year of how many people came out total, uh, both on our side and others. I wonder if we're going to surpass it this year. Oh, well, that was like 70-something. I, I – will be well over 100. I think we'll be 70-something just on outsports. But a couple of stories I kind of want to, wanted to revisit um, from, from earlier this year that we had were Connor Mertens and Mitch Eby. Connor was the first active college football player in the country to come out and as, as LGBT. And, then, and Mitch was the first one to come out as gay. Connor is bisexual and, and Mitch is gay. And both of them have had their first games and, and, and both played. And, and my God, the, the, the earth kept spinning. And <laughs> I mean, barely anybody even paid attention to it. So it, it uh, you know, all, all the attention that these stories get and all the, like you said, all the talk about distraction. Well, these two guys, I mean, Mitch, Mitch's team happened to lose but it wasn't because Mitch is gay, and, and now we have an out bisexual guy, an out gay guy playing in college sports, and you got that guy at Arizona State who, I don't, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if he's actually played in a game yet. but He hasn't uh, played in a game yet. I, I wonder if they're going to put him in a game at some point, if they're blowing somebody out. Um, but, you know, to be honest, I have never checked their box score. I, he, For all I know, he's played two, two players. i got to contact the SID, but... Uh, the guy is basically a practice player for them, but I just kind of had the back of my head that since he would be the first Division One openly gay player to be in a game, I'm wondering if at some point they'll slide him in for a player or two just to say, hey, you made history. 
because um, the guy is like really, he's a genius. I mean, he wants to be a neurologist, and he's actually doing research on uh, cognitive stuff with helmets, trying to improve the safety of football helmets. So the guy's a brilliant student and is, you know, and so he gets celebrated at Arizona State for that as much as for, oh, yeah, he's on a football team. What What's his name again? Chip what? Chip Serafin. And I just have yet to check the, the their detailed stats to see if he actually was even suited up, you know, on the Ross on the, on the game day roster because they played some early in the season. These college teams play these. Yeah, I'm looking. Well, he he uh, he, and he's an offensive line. Yes. Or he's an offensive. Wait, or no, defensive line. He's an offensive line. He is. Well, I'm looking up the stats from their game. They've had a couple blowouts. The game against Colorado wasn't a blowout. And Arizona State's supposed to be pretty good this year. Yeah, Some they're well, they're, maybe even... Yeah, their quarterback though got hurt. The really good quarterback, and I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. So, mm. um, it doesn't look yeah, like he's played yet. Yeah. So I mean, but you know, what was interesting about him and tells you still how powerful these stories are. That it was in Compete magazine. Nobody didn't get seen for a week. We just wrote about it, oh, by the way, at the gay games because we were distracted. And we kind of downplayed the sense because he hadn't ever played it down. And yet the national media all was, oh, first college football player comes up, you know, whatever, FBS or whatever they call it. And it was like, just kind of funny that we played it less importantly as ESPN did because that's how they spin all these things. Well, now here's something that's interesting that we missed. So, so the week after his story came out, I mean, here's a guy who uh, he's never played it down. He's been with the team for four or five years, and they gave him a scholarship a week after he came out. Hmm. I, I was, I was. You were in Fire Island. I was in the Rockies, so I think we totally missed that one. Well, let's just we'll weird follow up on that because it's very possible they may get him into a play or two. Um, although I have no idea how college football runs there. You know, in the NFL, they they treat each roster spot like it's gold. So, but at college, they have about a billion people on these teams. So, yeah, well, we'll definitely. Um... Well, definitely, you gotta track that down and find out if he's if he's played or he's gonna play. But either way, we've got you know at least three guys who are out LGBT players on college football teams. At least two of which are are playing, and and Connor's the starting kicker for the Willamette football team. So Jim and I are gonna go see him play at Cal Lutheran this Saturday. Cal Lutheran out in Thousand Oaks, California. Where it will be 180 degrees. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we got to start counting to make sure there's actually 1,000 oaks and not 990, so they have to change their city name. <laughs> well, either way, we'll, we'll we'll be there waving a rainbow flag for Connor. Yeah. All right, well, that's all, all the time we have next week. Hopefully, maybe we can get Connor on next week to join us. Um, but we will talk to you then. <laughs>